First off, welcome to Geeks of the Week, everyone. We are here with another episode, a special episode. It's you, it's me, Straw Hat Goofy, and Jay Stoops. We're having a good old time, and we're talking about we're we're having a good week because us as Marvel fans, we're getting fucking fed like two Marvel it, contents. It is a good time. It is a good time to be alive if you love Abs- Marvel. Absolutely, like it's funny because like you know in 2020 we went an entire year without any Marvel content, and we have as homer would say two marvel content and fuck no three (laughs) three we have three marvel contents did you watch the good the good the bart and the loki the simpsons short no i just saw a promo for it though just before we started and it looked so good it's it's pretty funny it's it's like that classic like simpsons kind of like quick wit fast paced kind of like humor it's like five minutes so it's like you could tell they're just jamming as much like marvel references like as much as they can <laughs> and like i'm gonna spoil like this one thing for you there's like a moment where like somebody has like a sign and like you know there's a couple people dressed as like different marvel characters and the sign says this is what happens when disney buys fox and marvel and i'm just kind of like <laughs> yeah if anything's gonna be the uh the center the nexus of it it would be the simpsons <laughs> Yeah, for real, actually, that is, yeah, that's, that's a collision of worlds in my brain now. I didn't even think about that until this moment. It's funny that we really didn't get anything like that. Like, because you would think The Simpsons would have done, like, a full, I haven't watched The Simpsons in, like, a good, a cool minute, but you would have thought they would have done a, like, an Avengers-style, kind of, like, crossover episode, at least in Treehouse of Horror. Again, I haven't seen it, so, listeners, if you're still watching The Simpsons faithfully every Sunday... Let us know if there was a Marvel <laughs> Avengers reference that we're missing or something right now. But this is the first one, to my knowledge, at the very least. So that I... was that was a, a TikTok that I made um, months ago, a long time ago. It was a mm-hmm. controversial, it was a hot take that uh, I like Bob's Burgers better than The Simpsons. And The Simpsons started the same it's year that I was take. born. So oh, I okay. should... Like, I should have some allegiance to... And I like The Simpsons, but I actually... I also like Futurama better than The Simpsons, if I'm being I honest. I mean, I mean, American Dad, like, I'm not, like, you know, the I've biggest diehard. Yeah. But, but it's, it'd be some funny shit. Like, I'm, I'm as a, like, <laughs> as an outsider, like, watching America, it'd be some funny shit. Like, there's this, uh... Here's the thing. This why this how you know that I, I don't really watch the show. I know Steve is the dad. But I think, no, Stan is the dad. Steve is, yeah, Steve is the son. So Steve, right? Steve apparently has this running joke where he, like, he can sing. Like, and not, like, like, like how Peter can sing. No, Steve can fucking sing. Like, sang, like, with an A. And he, I've listened to, literally, literally, I'm not even joking. I listened to, like, at least three of his songs, unironically, because I genuinely (laughs) like the songs, one of the songs is called Daddy's Gone because apparently, like, Steve left somewhere and he loves his dad. So he had this whole song. It was, like, literally R&B. He, he was, like, Usher. His shirt was out. He had, like, pecs in the desert. And you just heard him go, Daddy's gone and he's not going home ever again. I'm like, wait a minute. Where did this come? And then, like, I was talking to my boy about it. And he said, yeah, bro, Steve does that, like, all the time. That dude can... He can blow. And, like, he had this whole song about, like, like, like talking to his dad about appreciating his mama. And he hits this one <laughs> high note. And the lyric is so weird. He says, the time inside her was the best damn nine months in my life. And it was like, like, I was like, that's a weird lyric. But that note was, like, next level. <laughs> 
I'm still, was, I'm still stuck on that lyric. I don't, ooh, I don't know. The, that whole, I can handle the whole that. song, the whole song was questionable. The entire song was questionable <laughs> oh, as God. fuck. But the, but like the whole time you're listening to it and you're kind of like squinting at it, but you're still nodding. Like, mm, <laughs> okay, this is okay. This brings me back to Bob's Burgers because those. Those voice actors for Bob's Burgers are fucking hilarious, and they've given so many mm-hmm. hilarious like group interviews and at at like panels and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, they those like the the voice the guy who does the voice of Tina in particularly oh, yeah. in particular, and the, the guy who does the voice of Linda, their <laughs> their improvs and those characters are just so good. Oh my god, I see. I need I need to I need to like watch that consider because I always hear that Bob's Burgers is like like top tier especially i saw a uh my neighbor totoro reference in a gif one time yes, and i was just like yes. they're doing this so i'm just that's in season one <laughs> wait what? that's in season one and literally i think that's well i think i'm pretty sure it's season one it's a thanksgiving episode and uh-huh. the thanksgiving episodes are the best like bob's burgers single-handedly like made thanksgiving television a thing because it's bob's favorite holiday and like it's Every Thanksgiving episode is amazing, but like they did a full on Totoro reference. Like it's you. I'm telling you, if you watch the show, you will literally fall in love with every single character. It It is one of it's one of the best shows ever. And you still have to watch Community. Don't think I'm going to let up on that. (laughs) I'm going to watch Community. (laughs) Don't worry. Uh, We have an episode where we're talking about Loki and Black Widow because this week, like Marvel is just going all out. We just got a new episode of Loki. Episode five. It's titled Journey into Mystery. And this this episode like from outside looking in it just looks like a filler kind of episode because you know it's just him it looks like an excuse to have multiple lokis and just to see them kind of like play off each other and then like the ending they end where they end up but honestly i loved it like i i actually think it's probably one of the best episodes of the season because not only do you have like our loki literally coming full circle and becoming his own character a character who actually wants to be good he's actually fall- he he's clearly falling in love he's clearly like wanting to be a better person and then you have the him and mobius's relationship and then you get the, it's just it's just and then you get the, the references there's so many great references in that episode it's 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 honestly it was so enjoyable from start to finish anybody who says that it was just filler I, I will strongly disagree. I mean, I can see why, well, but I would disagree. I mean, we're this is going to be an interesting episode then because this was my probably my least favorite episode oh. of the series so far. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? So here's I'm I'm like genuinely fascinated because there are there were a lot of people in my comments today that were like, no, I disagree. Um, so I do I think that it was there was a lot of parts of it that were really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I do I loved seeing the Lokis interact and betray each other. I you know I thought <laughs> I thought both loki <laughs> betraying him and then president loki being like well actually i was gonna betray you all along that was classic was a great funny, bar fight. great <laughs> i was so stoked to see mobius mm-hmm. um there were just parts of it that i just i didn't really vibe with a lot like mm-hmm. mobius being the one to save sylvie just felt really it felt too perfect you know that yeah. like I, I thought if it was a, a, ra- a ran other random character like mobius just got there you know right. i mean i i don't know there were parts of it that i felt that i thought felt really um just 
too Neat. too scripted feeling. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I also just thought, like, I loved seeing the Lokis, but I, I've been, I literally, I got the shirt from Box Lunch. It's a President Loki shirt. I've been Love waiting it. weeks to wear it because I didn't want to wear it until we saw President Loki. And then, you know, it, it was just such a brief, it felt Glorify more like cameo. fan service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really cool seeing all that crazy shit, like the Thanoscopter. You know, I love Throg. Um, there, it was, it was definitely very cool, but I, I was, I was frustrated by the continuation of the romance plot because I feel like I I did not mind where they were going with it before. Yeah. But this episode, it just felt like it felt like that's going to be the pinnacle of the show is like Uh them falling in love. And I just I wish that it wasn't it didn't need to be that because it reminded me of the first Thor movie and how like. You know, Thor became a better person because he met Jane Foster and 48 mm-hmm. hours later, oh, well, I'm worthy of Mjolnir again. It's like, what the fuck? Right. But yeah, so I mean, and and I these are my criticisms. I did really love the show. I loved the scene when Richard E. Grant um, did his valiant Bad sacrifice. I loved the reveal that he was Infinity War Loki and he just managed to escape but realized that life wasn't living without the people right. that he loved. Like, that was really cool. Um, I think there was really cool parts of it. I just felt like the cool parts could have been extended and the fan servicey parts and like the love story parts could have been condensed yeah. a lot. So I still really liked it. And overall, I do think that Loki so far is, is probably shaping up to be my favorite MCU show. No. Yeah. But absolutely. This episode was the, was probably my least favorite. I know a lot of people didn't like episode three. I loved episode three, but this one's probably my least favorite. Yeah. Which, which one was episode three? Episode three was a lamentus. Episode three it was, was like lamentus, the right? Dr. Whovian one that was just like, you know, stra- like, and you I don't know understand I why people Dr. didn't Who. like it. Yes, like I thought it was amazing. Yeah, no, I thought it was. I thought it was also amazing too. Like the the Doctor Who ness of that episode, like it, it gave me vibes of like David Tennant's ten meeting Matt Smith's eleven, and I just yeah. kind of like them seeing play off each other and it, just the nuances of their conversation. You can just read a lot about like where both characters have been just from them having a conversation about like the differences in their powers and whatnot. Where, but in yeah, episode, episode uh, five though, like. I understand like like everything that you're saying like there was like a lot of things that kind of like wrapped up a little bit too neat for me like one minute kid Loki and old Loki are just kind of like we'll never help you like and then out of nowhere like because of the bar fight okay we'll help you it's like okay you still don't have a legit reason to if anything you should like be less willing to help because you just saw all these Lokis kind of like stab each other in the back quite literally yeah and then you're gonna help this other Loki like quite uh, literally like I get it but I just really felt like you know, I think we just got confirmation that Loki is getting like a season two, which and I don't know. I, I heard that there's a leak. I don't think it's confirmed yet, but I think that there okay. was a major leak that says that well, there was. Of all like the Marvel series, I think this show is more ripe for like a continuation, like a season two, a season three, because yeah. it does have that Doctor Who kind of feel to it. Where, you know, he's just traveling to different timelines, traveling to different spaces, meeting new people, getting into different adventures. And I feel like this episode was almost like the backdoor pilot of that, where, you know, he lands in a place, he meets these characters and like just hijinks throughout the entire episode. And then, uh, you know, then they had to tie it into the main plot eventually because, you know, where this is the second to the last episode. I think like it wasn't a good place to put that episode, because if I'm being completely honest, you could probably take most of this out episode four and episode six could probably just go right into each other 
in a way because you have the dramatic reveal loki gets pruned uh sylvie says tell me what's happening and then you can open up the next episode with you know the finale you know loki actually ends up here he actually turn he actually shows up at whatever the hell that place is i think it's uh king the conqueror city um uh chronopolis but this episode just really like gave me vibes of like just like a really fun show and like what we're probably going to be getting in season two and then uh not only that i just uh i just liked not having to work so hard in this episode like all the other loki episodes i was i it's really dense you have to work really hard to like kind of like analyze it and there's like a lot of like conversations within conversations like backstabby within backstabby things that are going on whereas this episode i'm like it's literally a kid with the alligator and an, and an old guy and like boastful loki like i had so much fun with this i i was just giving nicknames to the different lokis like i, I already call like <laughs> richard e grant's like og loke i call him og loke uh i call boastful loki b loke like and not only that because like star was telling me that uh not only is he like boastful loki with the b but he's black he's bald and he's uh it was it was another thing he's black he's bald and he has a beard and so, like, his name is B-Loke. <laughs> so that's what I'm calling him. So put that on a T-shirt. I made it up. Uh, <laughs> so I would just have – I was having a lot of fun with this episode, and that's what I really appreciate it. But that all being said, I do feel like fun is should have been, like, episode one or two. You know, like, episode one yeah. was very introspective. Like, we got to, like – they bared Loki's soul quite literally. But yeah, if you would have started this first episode with like Loki lands in his place and there's multiple Lokis, I'm like, hey, I'm I'm in like, and then you say, hey, yeah. it's actually deep. I would great show. It's interesting because people said this about WandaVision that um, they hated the first few episodes because it was mm-hmm. so weird and and frivolous and and felt silly to people. It didn't feel like Marvel, um, but they were they were starting with that really engaging interesting premise and just sneaking the insidiousness in and i i really thought that that was a great way to do it but then they clearly didn't really know how to how to finish it because the the vibe changed throughout the show and then i i feel like falcon wear soldier had similar things where everyone was expecting well this is going to be like a buddy cop show and then the first episode was like really heavy hitting with like this is the theme this is the message this is how our tortured heroes are dealing with it and then same kind of thing it got like lighter in in tone as it went along until the finale was a little like it just felt like a shiny happy ending you know to the Mm -hmm. story that it's not like the it's not like they we solved institutional racism at the end of right. Falcon Winter Soldier, you know. Right. So I mean, but and again again you have to wrap up the story at some point, but I feel like that that is a trend that we're seeing with these shows and I do hope that even though it doesn't I don't think episode 6 of Loki, I don't think the finale needs to be like, you know, some crazy heavy trauma but i do think yeah. that like the trend of starting the show saying hey we're gonna address this serious topic and our hero is not okay and then ending it with well it's like a sitcom you know oh yeah. well but we're <laughs> everything worked out for the best <laughs> like, yeah i i hope i hope they don't i hope they don't do that because i really do feel like these marvel shows so far the endings haven't stuck the landing like you know wandavision ended with these big cgi fights and literally you open the episode with these big big old fights and explosions and cg and then you end it with like hard-hitting trauma 
uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know, started with this big action sequence, carry that through the whole episode, then you end it with a big, literal three-minute speech about solving racism and, you know, <laughs> socioeconomic, like, you know, issues and things of that sort. So, but with Loki, th- so far to me, like you said, I agree with you, it is the best of the MCU shows right now, because where WandaVision, it has, like, the same kind of, like, vibe as WandaVision, where they sprinkle some things in to keep you, like, guessing and questioning and, like, kind of like trying to predict what's going to happen next where WandaVision kind of failed is that I feel like they were just putting things in there to make you talk and make you think that wasn't going to like pay off later. And it was just for the sake of subversion, which is, you know, I love a good subversion, but when you're doing it just to do it, then it doesn't make to me, it just doesn't pay off. Whereas Loki, I feel like everything that they've kind of been hinting at and hinting towards it, it had a purpose and it's leading to something. So I feel like in this last yeah. episode, if it doesn't lead to these things and that's, and I'm not saying that if Kang doesn't show up or anything, I'm going to be bummed out. <laughs> but if these things don't lead to something that makes me go, Oh wow, that makes sense. Or, Oh, I didn't think of it like that. Then, yeah. then that, then it will be a, a great ending. And plus I feel like it also benefits from Loki kind of already knowing who he wants to be in the penultimate episode. So that way we don't yeah. have like a huge moment where he's like, this is who I am, Loki, a hero, and I'm going to join the Avengers when I get back to the main sacred timeline. No, he, he just has to, you know, he's already secure in who he is. He already knows what he wants to do. All the, all we have to do is find out who's behind the TVA. Are they defeated? Yeah. I honestly don't think they have to be defeated. It's more of like, find out who's behind the TVA, dismantle the TVA, and then probably have Loki and Sylvie like, go off on adventures for season two. I... I think that Loki is already on a better foot than its previous two shows by having the penultimate episode being the one that's a little bit fun, a little bit mm-hmm. more lighter hearted, a little bit more, you know, punchy punchy. Um, because I think that if they, if this is the penultimate episode and it's like, oh, this is a little bit more frivolous, a little bit more to, to enjoy it. And then the last episode treats, treats the finale with the same gravitas that they treated right. the, the entry. Um, and I, I would actually love it if we don't get closure. Like, I yeah. think it's very possible that the show is going to end on a cliffhanger or something. Um, I think it would be really interesting if they don't find out who's... Because people keep saying, oh, well, they're not going to introduce Kang in the last episode. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. But that's it. What if What if they just... They don't solve the mystery? What if it ends by them realizing that someone has already abandoned it because he knew that they were coming and we are like oh well it's probably Kang but you know because I think that Ravona at this point has proven herself to be the main antagonist of the show right and like I I think that to to have it again it's like another Sharon Carter situation you know like oh well who's who's she actually working for (laughs) yeah and honestly uh, I don't I don't care about Sharon Carter like I'm just just yeah I'm just like, yeah, yeah, okay, power broker or whatever. I really can't stand when people say, like, oh, they're not going to introduce Kang in this Loki show because he's going to be a main villain. And I'm like, do you, you do realize that Thanos was introduced in the Avengers in just like a very simple post scene. Thanos was just a quick, yeah. Didn't even say his name. A lot of people were like, who the hell is that? Like, it was literally just a guy, didn't even see his face, just turned 
saw his eye his smile and then that was it you can do the same mm-hmm. thing with kang even just have like a kind exactly. of kind of like oh kang has left or something like that just just like a little tease yeah. to show that that's who was behind it but they just missed him and leave that up to yeah. uh hank and uh you know scott and hope and all those characters and that way like we're introduced to him but if you're watching ant-man and the ant-man and the wasp quantumania it doesn't you don't feel like you have to watch loki in order to like be all caught up and like you know have yeah. those events and whatnot so yeah it's just a way to award fans of the show who are gonna watch it because chances are if you're watching the show you're gonna watch the movies anyway i think i feel like the shows are just kind of I mean, companion pieces i feel like like people want to call kang the new mephisto but the thing <laughs> is mephisto was based purely on comic book um like comic book things comic mm-hmm. book uh references that's it yeah and then you know there were things like agatha saying the devil's in the details which also applies to her being a witch it wasn't necessarily yeah. an allusion to mephisto um but kang I, I really do feel like the inclusion of ravona renslayer like i just yeah you can it's totally change blatant. things from the comics yeah but why why ravona renslayer if she's not gonna be attached to kang somehow you know like that Look, just feels crazy to me it gets it gets deeper than that because i feel like it's getting blatant <laughs> i feel i feel like if it's not kang like and again yeah. guys this isn't me saying i'm gonna be fu- like upset if it's not kang but it's not a pietro bad situation it wouldn't be a pietro no, bad situation but it's yeah. getting pl- pretty damn blatant like not only is ravona who's like the lover of Kang in the first fucking place. Not only mm-hmm. is like, if you look in the background of, uh, of that dystopia, the void, and there's like the Avengers tower, it says Kang on it, like Q E N G. Yeah. Which was yeah. someone who like, who is one of the identities of Kang bought that building. Like literally yeah. it's, it's a reference to Kang. It's literally saying Kang the conqueror. And then, um, yep. Eliath is a Kang rival. He runs a temporal yep. empire similar to Kang, and Kang's is like Kang is like the second smallest, and Eliath is the biggest. Uh, yeah, like the biggest empire, and then Kang's is like the second biggest. And Kang literally like puts up borders so that Eliath can't get into his thing. So like all at these one point, things- Ravona unleashed Eliath mm-hmm. like to get back at Kang so like it's all yeah. I mean again I agree with you if it's not Kang it's not like I'm gonna be like oh this is a bullshit but I just think <laughs> this is more than just this is more than just a fan theory it's like a very educated yes yeah. yeah and that's knowing that Marvel the MCU changes things from the comics of course they do like yeah. they're they're free to use whatever characters they want and change them in, a, in whatever way they Absolutely. want I'm just saying the <laughs> characters they chose and the story they chose it just it feels <laughs> It feels like you said. It's, it feels blatant at this point. It's like why take all the Kang characters and the Kang mythos and not yes. and knowing that Kang is going to be in a like exactly a coming he's already cast. <laughs> he's already <laughs> confirmed. Like why do all of this and not have Kang? And, and like this isn't like oh it's a bunny that bunny's Mephisto. Like no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's not. There's there's literal ties to all the these things. It's not the same at all. So plus, you know, Wanda was a mystery box show, and Loki is mysterious. There's a there's a mysterious element of who's doing it, mm-hmm. but it's the show hasn't been focused on like oh what are all these clues leading up to right. The show feels very much more like an adventure fantasy show yes. that's less focused on the mystery. Um, which which I actually I think has worked in its favor because you get less of the like rabid theorizing right. which people get disappointed by right right all right so before we move on to talking about black widow like what are your predictions yes. for episode five 
Uh, episode six of Loki. Episode six. Um, I really do. I think it's going to end. I, I think it's definitely going to end open-ended. And I know mm-hmm. that a lot of the shows have ended open-ended, but I mean specifically like I don't think we're going to get a resolution about like the TVA. Like I right. I, I think there's going to be another confrontation with Ravona. That seems inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to see who is in the castle. I know that there's a lot of predictions that it's like another Loki variant or anything. Yeah. I, I don't mean, it's really a good prediction, to that theory. but yeah. To me, I just feel like Loki, we know that Loki evolved, like doesn't like to be alone. Like, And yeah. so it just, it seems weird to me that there would be a Loki variant that was like, yeah, I'll have all the power in the world, but no one will know that it's me that's in power <laughs> and I'll be isolated. I, I don't know. I mean, it seen. could. Yeah. Could, yeah. I feel like he wants attention more than love even. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. it felt, that always felt like a weird theory to me, but. I could be I could be wrong. There could be lots of Loki variants. One thing that I don't think that will happen, but I would have loved to see, is Jamie Alexander as a a true Lady Loki variant. Oh, that um, would have been cameo. Dope. Yeah, that, that would have been. been I, I, I would have loved that, especially after seeing her in the time loop. I think that mm. that I would have loved to see both um, because I think that that would be really fun. And I I don't think we're gonna. I don't know that we're necessarily gonna see more Loki variants in the in the castle, but. That's no. one thing that I I know is almost certainly not going to happen. I just mm-hmm. wish that it would. <laughs> well, as much as as much as you would like to see Jamie Alexander as a Loki variant, I would have liked to have seen um, Mobius actually save Sylvie on a jet ski because that would have just <laughs> tied that up so much better. Um, and, and that would have that would have been acceptable to me. I mean, like it doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense, but he's doing it. He's doing <laughs> what his dream like allowed him to do. My predictions for episode six is. It's probably in the same like vein as you. Like they go into that. I call. I'm calling it space Hogwarts at this point because it definitely looks like a Hogwarts <laughs> castle in the middle of space. It does. They go in there and like I I I am like 98 percent sure that Kang is in there just fucking chilling. Like he's just in there and like you know he's gonna be like, oh you discovered me or just some something stupid. But I also think that uh that that castle there's something freaky going on in that castle i don't think they're gonna walk in and it's like a legit like you know has like a a living room and like you know a study and all that type. i don't think it's gonna look like that what i think you don't think lumiere is gonna be like oh can can i get you a drink yeah exactly it kind of does look like the beauty and the beast castle actually (laughs) but i don't think anything like that is gonna happen but i do think like in this show keeping with its true kind of like doctor who kind of theme I do think, like, inside the castle, it probably will be, like, an entire fucking, like, city or some shit. Or it's, like, it's bigger on the inside, you know? And, and like, Kang is, like, Ooh, the you ruler know, I wanted of that. to look like, uh, I wanted to look like the Labyrinth now. I'm obsessed right? with movie Labyrinth. That would be dope. Right? That would be super dope. If, if they went in, if they open the door and it doesn't even look like a fucking house, it just looks like a goddamn labyrinth where they have to, like, find where <laughs> Kang is. And then, like, it could be, like, that scene in fucking Shrek where they find the dragon and Donkey, like, you know, falls in love with them or something. But, yeah, like, like... <laughs> I, I think that's probably what's going to happen. Now, I did like, I think like I'm in the opposite direction of you where I don't really believe in the theory that it's going to be a Loki variant, but it seems like a safe choice for the writers. And as we've already discussed, yeah. like episode five was already like kind of like a safe choice writing wise, everything was just very neat. So like, the, I think the easy yeah. thing would be they like walk in and it's just a bald headed Loki, just like a, just like a <laughs> Dr. Evil type of Loki, just kind of like, I, oh my God, now I want Mike Myers to play a bald, like <laughs> Loki variant. Like, oh, you found me. Like, I, I want to see that now, but I don't think it's going to be anything that simple at least like i hope it would i'll be let down if something like that happened 
But I do feel like like Loki and Sylvie will discover that Kang is there, or at least say he was there, or something like that. And that's that's pretty much all I got because at this point anything could happen, and it could be either be really terrible or really great. Uh, now that we've gotten Loki out of the way, let's talk about another major Marvel release that's happening this weekend. Black Widow is coming out, and it's about damn time. Like it's this movie like is it crazy that this movie was supposed to release last march like 2020 march (laughs) like i think about that what's crazy about it is that it should have been released uh 2020 2015 march (laughs) you know what that would have been a good time honestly i think it should have been released like 2011 march (laughs) i mean literally i think it should have been released in 2011 i'm not joking so civil war came out 2016 and mm-hmm. this film is supposed to take place between Civil War and Infinity War. Like, mm-hmm. if this is the story they were they were doing, which, by the way, we're gonna have to talk about the storyline. I, I, I'm so, I'm, I'm so curious about it. I made a video about this recently, but like, mm-hmm. I've been reading a lot of Black Widow comics recently, um, trying to get to know the character better because I, right. I, a lot of people know that I'm not a big fan of the MCU version of the character. Right. Um, and so like I, when I was reading. Black Widow comics again for the first time in a long time. I I'd completely forgotten because I'd never read any of her solo runs that she was married to Red Guardian. And in the movie, he's playing her like father figure. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, yeah. He was he was her husband. Um, and it it's also really weird because like the the one the comic that I read like he was she saw him again after a long time and like it's kind of implied that like their relationship was always kind of bullshit because like she was really she was young when they got married right. he was a little bit older he the government had him fake his death um Spy so shit. that he could become yeah so that he could become the red guardian and so natasha was actually a widow before she became black widow uh, um, uh, yeah that's some once yeah, upon a time right? shit right there but it's just it's it i don't know that decision is kind of weird and then mm. like the most well-known story of Natasha and Yelena is the face swap story, mm-hmm. which is literally basically like the version of Face Off with Nicolas Cage <laughs> and John Travolta. And people keep speculating that that's going to be in the movie because there's that shot on the trailer of Yelena on the operating table with like lines around her face. And right. I'm like, please, God, no. Are you? Are they really going to? So I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I've heard really good things about the movie. But I mean... I'm, I'm... I've heard the opposite, to be honest. I've heard I've heard the opposite. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Um, now, I try not to listen too much to, like, movie critics. Like, I, I, I follow a lot of movie critics, specifically on YouTube, like Chris Stuckman and Jeremy Johns and Dan Merle, all those guys. And they, they really, like, I don't want to say they shitted on Luca, but they kind of shitted on Luca. And I was just kind of looking at them sideways, like, uh. huh? But uh, they, I was looking at kind of like their opinions on Black Widow, and they, you know, they were kind of pointing out that, you know, the fight scenes are not really memorable, which is kind of disappointing because it's fucking Black Widow. Like, like she has the same kind of fighting prowess as Captain America, and as we know, the Winter Soldier fight scenes are still like legendary to this day. Uh, They said like the story it just feels inconsequential inconsequential because you know one she's already dead so like the stakes are immediately kind of like out the window and then two they they do that classic marvel trope where even the dramatic moments they kind of undercut them with like comedy 
which you know usually goes through like Red Guardian, and there's like a running joke with Yelena that kind of like gets overplayed quite a bit. But um, uh, some of the positive things that I've heard was like you know the family dynamic, like the family drama, just kind of like the inner relationships between this family definitely works within the movie. But I've also yeah. heard, and this is like just very disappointing to me, that uh, Taskmaster is just not—it's not Taskmaster. Like that, like they said. The way I can put it is uh, when somebody somebody said like, oh, the way that people felt about like the Mandarin and how like they would say like, that's not my Mandarin. That's how you would feel about yeah. Taskmaster. And I'm just kind of like, fuck. Well, isn't, <laughs> also, isn't Taskmaster a mutant in the comics? I, you know what? I think he might have been retconned as a mutant. And if he was, I, I think I remember hating it and rejecting it because like I prefer he just be like a guy who trained his body to kind of like have this kind of like muscle photo it's like photogenic muscle memory where like he can see something just once happen and then like he can copy it like down to the to the uh, yeah. muscle movement so yeah because one of my favorite characters echo is like that and she mm-hmm. is a mutant um mm-hmm. but i think she's compared a lot to taskmaster but i yeah i guess he i i i'm not sure I, maybe he isn't a mutant and i'm just remembering that because of echo but yeah he's not he's um, just like a guy with like peak human performance and like he's even if he's like fighting someone say like spider-man he can copy like spider-man's like fighting style the like the longer you fight him the more dangerous he becomes he's a character in um the spider-man ps4 game and it's like they they've really nailed it because as you do fight him you don't want to fuck fuck around and like take too long because he will like just basically like block everything that you're trying to do because he can predict it because he knows your style so uh but i just i just heard that uh he was a uh, he was um not he was very underwhelming, uh, but See, I, I'm still curious about the story as well. You know, like yeah, why is Black Widow? You know, after Civil War, like why? What's what, what's what going back to see the family? Like I understand you have red in your ledger. How are you trying to get it? Out? What does this mean? Like, are you taking down the Red Room? Like, I'm still very unclear on what yeah. the story is. Like, well, I saw a good comparison too, where somebody was saying that like. You know, it's seeing the family dynamic was um, really heartwarming, but it made them think of the scene in Endgame where Black Widow is like tearfully saying like, this was <laughs> this was the only family I ever knew. And yeah. it's like looking at the Black Widow movie and it's like, well, it <laughs> seems like you, I mean, <laughs> maybe they're dysfunctional, but I mean, it yeah. seems like this, you did have a family dynamic with these people. Uh, so, And then she says it like right after she would have seen these guys again. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's just... And this is, see, this is the problem with releasing a movie 10 years after you should have. Yeah, yeah. Um, after a character is already dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like you're going to run into stuff like this. And and so. and the other thing is like, uh, you know, it just feels like this movie is, is, is going to suffer from the Iron Man 2 problem. Where it's mainly going to be here to like set up future things. It's like an agnostic yeah. movie where it's not really tied to uh what came before it's literally just kind of like out there in the ether and it's and it's perfect for release right now because like you know as as currently constructed like we haven't gotten any marvel movies that like told us like this is where everything is heading so like we're not really looking forward to that and black widow you can kind of like watch that and just kind of be like oh i'm just enjoying the movie for the movie because you know black widow's unfortunately gone now but it just feels like it's here as like a filler movie and that's like my number one fear like i hate filler movies like give me a fun movie like no problem like i do feel like guardians of the galaxy volume 2 can kind of be filler but 
it's a great character study. Like it, it deepens oh, yeah. the character relationships. It and it definitely puts Gamora and Nebula in a great place. Like Peter Quill becomes a much more mature leader. Like Rocket Raccoon like realizes that he does have a family, which completely informs his character in Avengers in gaming. You completely understand where he's coming from. But with uh something like Black Widow, it just feels like you're not gonna miss it when it's of gone all, if it's gone. Of all the characters that deserved a quote unquote filler movie that's like just character development. That's mm. it. Doesn't move the plot forward because she's already dead and it takes place in the past. Mm-hmm. It was Black Widow. Yeah. So like if anything, like it's disappointing to hear that a lot of the um, emotional weight of the film is undercut by cheap shots at, at comedy to try and lighten the mood mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, the mood doesn't need to be lightened that much. Like yeah. we, just, we wanted to know Black Widow. It reminds me of the Padme novels that came out um, that I read. And a lot of people like the first Padme novel, uh, the second one people liked more. It's Queen's pa- Queen's Shadow and Queen's uh-huh. Peril. Um, they're these books that were written recently in the Disney canon. And the first book, Queen's Shadow, is not a lot happens in the book. Like there's mm-hmm. not a lot plot wise, but I absolutely loved it because I've never really liked the character of Padme. <laughs> and this book literally just let me get, get to know her. And I was like, okay, yeah, actually she seems pretty cool. I like her now. Um, so it's, I think, I think it's, it's totally valid storytelling to just, just do something that's character study, which yeah. I do think is, is Guardians of the Galaxy 2, to to a T. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm gonna, I'm excited to see it. I'm gonna probably see it on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing it this weekend. But yeah, sure. uh, but it's, it's, <laughs> these were, these were concerns I had ahead of time and yeah. I'm still nervous. I mean, I've definitely had these concerns since they've announced the Black Widow movie because, again, it it was like, now? Like, now is the time you're going to do it? Like, after the entire, like, Infinity Saga is over? You're going to make a movie that's set during the Infinity Saga, but it's after and it's in phase. It just felt weird to me, just off jump. And uh, also, there is also, like, the nugget of this is supposed, this, this should be Natasha Romanoff's farewell. Because remember, she did not get a proper send off in the movie. Yeah, the Avengers mourned by a lake for like literally like maybe like a minute and they went back to work. And within that same instance, like there was a joke from Rocket going, boo. And it's like, oh, you forgot that she's dead. So, you know, they're, they're little, but she didn't get a proper funeral from the people that she considered her family. So I would expect this movie, and I don't think they're gonna do this, but if I would have been writing this movie, I would have like at least, you know, probably have had someone like, you know, Steve Rogers, like find an old like journal, that journal with her ledger where she's like writing what what happened in between Civil War and Infinity War. And like then she it is revealed that she does have this family. Yelena is someone. And then you can maybe have like someone from the current Avengers team meet Yelena to like recruit her to be the new Black Widow or something like that. Just bridge the gap to where like you have an established character kind of like reading through this character's memoir and that's what where this story picks up and then that way we feel that we're in this story we're reliving it and then it could kind of be like a, a final send-off a eulogy from black widow herself you know like it could, yeah. it could kind of be like yeah. a nice like sweet send-off versus like hey here's an action story because like black widow's dead and like you know we never did it before so now we're just kind of retroactively giving you what you wanted and I don't know, I just feel like there could have been a more genuine execution of, like, this story. Because if I watch this movie and there is, like, not even a moment where, uh, you know, I feel that Black Widow has gotten her 
Logan, Tony Stark style send off, I will be massively disappointed. And like, I know this, yeah. maybe I'm setting the bar pretty high, but I feel like I will be disappointed if uh, this character that we've known for shit since 2011 just doesn't get a, a proper goodbye. It, yeah. it will be disappointing. Well, and I mean, it already, this is, not, this is a complaint that I have been making for months because people have been talking about, well, if you don't like Black Widow, if you don't like Natasha, like this, this movie is going to introduce Yelena. And I'm like, people, people have been, you know, pitching it as though like, oh, well, this is, this is the movie where we get the new Black Widow. Mm -hmm. We're introducing this. This is the point of this movie. Right. And I'm like, the point of this movie, <laughs> the point of this movie about the first female Avenger that finally gets her movie like a fucking decade nearly <laughs> later is to introduce her successor. That's the That's point of the movie? Wow. The way you... Like, I mean, I'm just like, The way you what? put that... <laughs> you, just, like, you just fucked so me up I right mean, there. <laughs> I mean, and literally, that's a lot of the reviews that I have seen. Like, I, I haven't read a full review, but a lot of the feedback that I've been seeing is that Florence Pugh steals the show. She does, and yeah, that that's what everybody's going to be in love with Yelena. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I have my issues with Scarlett Johansson, and part of me feels like... Is it karma? But I mean, <laughs> at, the same, at the same time, I'm like, you know, as 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 someone who loves to see the celebration of female characters, mm -hmm. it it sucks. It really sucks. <laughs> like, uh, Stephen Dorff, <laughs> who plays the the main villain Deacon Frost in the first Blade movie, it hasn't really been seen a lot in a lot of mainstream stuff since. But apparently, he had opinions on the new Black Widow movie, and he called it. Let's just say he called it trash, and let's just say he also uh, said he felt sorry for Scarlett Johansson for being in that film, and he also said that he would not star in another superhero film. Instead, he's going to start in the new Stanley Kubrick film when he's making, whenever he's making that. And I'm, mm. wow. It's yeah. <laughs> that's all I, I'm that's sure he's all got a I lot can of, say. Wow. I'm sure his voicemail box is full from all of the offers he's getting to do these stanley kubrick projects <laughs> well you know what i am looking up his, <laughs> i am looking up his filmography right now i mean the, as bad as this film could ever be it's not going to be nowhere near as bad as anything he starred in outside of blade like i mean literally there is it's, it's never going to reach that level like at all like this could be the worst marvel movie that exists and it would still be probably great yes. like Yes. They've just the the MCU, even their bad movie, even Age of Ultron, which I hate, even I Iron Man Two, which I hate, I'd still, still watch. has a lot to to like about it. Ten out know? of ten still would watch. No, there, these films are yeah. not unwatchable, like in the slightest. I will, st I would still go Absolutely back. Absolutely not. I would still go back and watch Thor: The Dark World. Like not a not a not and a problem. And I think that you should. I'm serious. After this Loki, I think after Loki ends, I think everybody should go back and watch Thor: The Dark World to be like, actually, this is really fun. Just for just for, I'm telling you, just for Loki's parts. Like literally, he's he's he gets he has my favorite scenes that he has oh, in yeah. the MCU other than in the Loki show in that in that movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love yeah. Loki. Yeah, Loki and Thor are great, and that's the only reason why I'm watching it. But you will not convince me that that movie is. <laughs> As good as it, as good well, as you say it is, like there's no way. I wish that Thor and Thor two had not introduced Jane Foster. I wish that they had not done a romance. I wish that they would have had the boldness the to make character. Thor's entire story base around solely his relationship with his brother and yes. not shoehorned in yes. the weird 
romance. It worked like, so well in Ragnarok. It worked so well. Yes. You did not need Jane. Imagine if that was the crux of his whole trilogy. It would have been like Cap and Bucky, except way more intense. Like, it's mm-hmm. like what Cap and what people wanted Cap and Bucky to be, because Cap and Bucky repressed all of their emotions, and they were like, I'm a man. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a soldier. And <laughs> Thor, Thor and Loki in the first movie are literally like, brother, come here. <laughs> like, open for love it would have been so much it would have been better it would have been great thing i heard so many people being like oh like sylvie and loki is the worst marvel relationship oh, and i was like mm, with, with natasha I mean, and bruce no. walking around with natasha Dude, and bruce for and real thor and jane the, and <laughs> i mean literally there's so many there's so many bad I relations mean, even they don't... even stephen strange and uh and fucking like night nurse i can't remember her name right now uh, oh uh, yeah um Miss, I'm going to be gaslit lit all day, every day by you, terrible person, for and, what reason? And the worst part is she knew she was being gaslit, but she still, like, she still put up with that shit. Like, just... I was, mean... That's probably, like, I, one of the worst relationships in Marvel. It was movies. horrible. It was so It was bad. so horrible. Like, I, by the end of it, I didn't even know if they were in a relationship or not. That's how bad it was. Like, I was like, are right? they are they together? It, are, is she feeling yeah. him? Is he even feeling her? Like... It was it was just not well done. He even he even like <laughs> to even like uh, talk down on her like while she was operating on his body. Like he, he yes was, yeah. I was like damn bro. Like you, you can't even like have confidence. Like <laughs> you know what I'm saying. What are the ones this that work? Small though? bright spots. What are spots. the ones that work? Though I mean, Vision and Wanda is is really they are really beautiful. Yeah. I mean, he's dead, but <laughs> when he was they killed alive, the one good one. Great. They killed one of the one good ones. <laughs> They made one a villain I mean, and they murdered one the other literally three times. Uh, yeah, she he died and she went crazy because he was dead. So, so you know, I mean, not exactly. Maybe not the best. <laughs> but not, maybe not the benchmark. Maybe not the benchmark of where you want to base yeah. your relationship. Hey, P- Peter and MJ. I don't. Peter and MJ? Peter and MJ. Yeah, they're, they're a very cute high school couple. Yep. I do think um, as much as I feel like hope hope van dyne is underdeveloped i think scott and hope's relationship like scott is hope. very genuine yeah. yeah like i think that i can i can buy their their chemistry i can buy you know that yeah. happening and i think that they're they genuinely care about each other so yeah. i think they i think they definitely challenge each other as well like they they challenge each yeah. other in like the right way like hope is very uh hope started off very like girl bossy to me which like kind of like annoyed yeah. me like mm-hmm. her line when she like gets the suit it's about damn time i'm like what are you a fucking <laughs> like 80s action hero like it just kind of like rubbed me the wrong way but like oh, yeah. she she especially grew on me in like Ant-Man and the Wasp and like just seeing those two kind of like partnership where like Scott is kind of like he 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 brings something to the table but he's still kind of like laid yeah. back he can crack a joke he lightens her up Oh my god he lightens I her up I would fall for where, Scott in a heartbeat Oh absolutely he's, he's endearing just- He's just wonderful. He's exactly. so wonderful. Hope, like, hope can I just get want to spend all my time with him. Exactly. And the thing that the thing about hope is that she can get too serious and like rightfully so. Like you lost your mom in a quantum realm for like thirty plus years, yeah. but like she can get too serious and hope and like Scott kind of like brings her back to like you know and being enjoying the lighter side of life and then hope helps scott focus she keeps like scott like honest and like makes him be the best that he can be. So that relationship is probably. Shit, I, I'm willing to say it's probably the best like superhero re- relationship in the MCU. To be honest, 
Uh, I mean, they're they're honest and upfront with each other about everything, mm-hmm. you know. Like they're he's you know, and and when when Scott makes a mistake, he apologizes right he away. Owns up. Even hope when he she's owns up. yeah, yeah, and hope isn't perfect, and hope has admitted her flaws in which for women like her type A women can be really really difficult. Mm-hmm. One relationship that that I. I really I love it because it's really imperfect is um, Peter Quill and Gamora. Yeah. Uh, because they never really get together. I, I watched this beautiful <laughs> video yeah. essay. Of, my followers have been recommending Lindsay Ellis to me for a long time. Right. And she did a video essay on Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and she talked about how it's great because Peter is the embodiment of like the male power fantasy that's like you never have to be you never have to take yourself seriously you can always just be funny and silly and get the girl in the end but peter doesn't get the girl in the end yeah because james gunn acknowledges that he's he's meant to be flawed and he's he doesn't deserve to get gamora in the end she likes him and and he likes her but that's even guardians of galaxy 2 ends and they haven't even really officially gotten together because he's still growing and so i like that portrayal of the relationship because it's real and even though they didn't get a chance to like be together the way they deserve to be together it's a it's feelings that i i like seeing represented and their relationship i think is really genuine too you know it's yeah when when you put it like that and you think about it it is like one of the most authentic relationships because they're both works in progress and you don't want to get with anyone else Mm -hmm. when you're both like a work in progress but by the time because you know they they first meet in the first movie and like they're kind of like getting to know each other and they're just kind of like rubbing each other the long way but i think they've only been together i think they've been together like maybe when when how when is the guardians of the galaxy 1 and 2 set i think it's only like a couple weeks so, right so it's actually it's months. actually longer than i thought well guardians of the galaxy 2 picks up directly after guardians of the galaxy 1 mm-hmm. um and and yeah so it's they've known each other well actually i think it's i think it's maybe been a year i don't know i mean it makes but sense it's been for a, while. a year they've been, yeah, they've yeah. been on a few missions because Groot's bigger too. Groot's yes, a little bit bigger, yes. so I think it is about a year, because um, it's real time when they're mm-hmm. released. They're released, and then so they've known each other. I think a total of four years between when they meet in the first Guardians of the Galaxy and when Gamora dies and they, in yeah. Infinity War. Okay, so like and they they start da- it's it's presumed that they're like dating at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy two. So they spend a couple okay. of years dating, I think. Okay, because yeah. like the way the way I like to think about it, the way I really like to think, of, well, yeah, I, I guess that does make sense where they were dating because like he got jealous when like she was touching his muscles and like Gamora was just kind of like. <laughs> Okay, babe. Like, I but even that. still, it's not. It's not a hundred percent. It's not a hundred percent. I don't even yeah. think. I don't think we even see them kiss before she dies. Right? Like, no. is there a scene in Infinity War when they kiss? No, I mean, yes, they, they do. They do kiss in Infinity War, but it just, it almost felt like the first kiss, like the first acknowledgement yeah. of their feelings, because she was potentially going to die so she was she definitely yeah. was just kind of like taking that leap like it just finally admitting like hey if i'm gonna die tomorrow like i might i should tell you that like i love you like we've been doing this thing for like ever and yeah. that, and that's where i feel like you know in the timeline of their relationship first when they're kind of like getting to know each other rubbing each other the wrong way then come to an understanding then after being with each other for like you know say a year because you know it is like in real time then like they they confide in each other like they're they're kind of like the closest yeah. of the uh of the guardians like he's told her things that he hasn't told the other guardians like he told her he yeah. told her about his father and like the night rider she knew these intimate things about him and then like there's yeah. scenes where like he's still teaching her how to dance teaching her about music like teaching her about earth and mm-hmm. there's clearly like a, a connection between these two that's deeper than kind of some friendship some unspoken thing and you know that's 
and the that's the acknowledgement exactly and then like them acknowledging and then him acknowledging like when are we gonna like stop doing this kind of like you know this thing because let's Mm -hmm. let's face it like i like you maybe it's even more than like at this point like i like you you like me like we're both always here for each other like i always love the scene where gamora pushes him to get to know his father and then uh she says hey if he's not who he says he is we fucking kill him and it's like it's like that like that collective like 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 husband and wife type of thing just kind of like it's us against the world Mm -hmm. like we'll kill him i was like it's so cute so like by the time infinity war rolls around you could tell they're still just kind of still in this kind of like mode of like they're they still have this very deep connection with each other but peter is still very respectful of like not trying to push the envelope and so when they're having that beautiful moment where she's telling them like, oh, if Thanos like gets me, like you have to promise me. Yada, yada, yada. And they kiss. It's like the culmination of like, finally, like yeah. we've acknowledged the unspoken thing, which makes it all the more tragic when the very next mission she gets taken. Just talking about this makes me frustrated again by the Th- Loki Sylvie thing. And there are still people in my comments insisting mm. that it's not meant to be perceived as romantic. And I know oh, it the is. director does not interpret it as romantic, but that scene with the blanket where like it was all in the way that Loki was looking at her. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. literally he was looking at her and like, oh yeah, yeah no, right, right. We don't feel romantically about each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> like pu- immediate, immediate puppy dog eyes. Like it's just, it, it, I think that what I like so much about Gamora and Star-Lord is mm. it's, they are, it is romantic but yeah. it was familial first. And that feels like a weird thing to say that it should be both, especially mm-hmm. because people want to call Loki and Loki and Sylvie self-cessed or whatever and compare it to siblings, which I don't get at all. It's, but, yeah, um, I mean, it's not siblings, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I do think that like people that make those connections with each other, like that's what I love about Gamora and Star-Lord is, is their romantic with each other but they're family first and that's why it's t- it took them so long to get together because they their connection was so strong that they couldn't bear the risk of having a romance that wouldn't last forever right. you know right um and i feel like i feel like with this loki and sylvie thing i don't mind the romance part of it in theory like i don't mind the idea of the two of them together i just it feels very rushed and it feels mm-hmm. very like it's just this the, i just don't understand why it's not more they they had such a good like enemies enemies to friends to to lovers or whatever thing yeah. and it just jumped it jumped from enemies to googly <laughs> eyes just like yeah like, super fast that, that whole scene just looked like two teenagers like at a football game and she was like I'm yes. cold she didn't say I'm cold but she did the mm-hmm, and like you know they had yeah. the jack had the blanket and like those days and it was like the waiting waiting to kiss me like i, I thought kiss the girl was gonna start playing any minute uh when those two were together <laughs> yeah. uh, but honestly i i honestly like maybe maybe it's because i'm weird and i would totally like get with myself if i was like super pretty and, like, <laughs> from a different like universe does that make me narcissistic i mean maybe i don't know um uh, but i think i'm cool like, yeah i think i'm pretty like, cool like i think i think like a female version of myself would be like pretty pretty awesome like i think that would be my ideal i'll just say this if the male version of myself looked like tom fucking hiddleston and i'm just saying i mean i look i i i I don't even i'm not even gonna try to defend that (laughs) if you deny it you're crazy exactly (laughs) i i feel like a female version of myself would look like lupita nyong'o i do feel i feel this very strongly so and if and if that is the case 
I'm sorry. I am marrying myself. Who's rejecting that? Yeah. yeah. Who's saying, oh, this. Not mm. me. Not me. I, I, <laughs> not, I'm just saying, if y'all think that's like a sibling type of thing, well, I guess I'm kissing my sister because that's Lupita yeah. right there. But I, <laughs> I don't feel. <laughs> well, on that note. I think that we, I think that we should, um, we've been talking about doing this for so long. I think we should answer some questions. Absolutely. From, from Absolutely. some listener questions. Let, I'm, I'm now, these are, these are it. some random questions. So if you're not, if you don't have a prepared answer, just think on it a second and we'll, we'll get to it. Okay. Um, okay. So let's see. Uh, let's start with this one. Uh, Maya IY asks, uh, who are your favorite directors and why? Who am I? Oh, wow. I mean, the first one that comes to mind and like I, I'm honestly been I've been I've been kind of like wrestling with myself because he's very problematic and kind of weird <laughs> and has a foot fetish. But Quentin Tarantino is the first <laughs> one that comes to mind. Like I I guess you could say like he was his films were like one of the first few films that I started watching. And I started to realize that I love film like Pulp Fiction up until her was my favorite film of all time. Nobody ain't nothing could tell me different. I still consider Inglorious Bastards a damn near perfect movie. It's his best movie. It's Inglorious Bastards is fantastic. It's a masterpiece. It's, it's an absolute masterpiece. Yeah. Reservoir Dogs, like I as much as people like to shit on it or praise it, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I feel like is one of one of his better films as well. Um I'm also in love with Spike Jones and like just for like a bunch of different reasons like it's not just film oh, yeah. like he also worked in average he works in advertising as a director like he's filmed a lot of like great like apple commercials like there's this one apple commercial that has this anderson pack song fantastic i highly uh, recommend you watch it but again he directed and written my fr- favorite movie of all time her spike john every time spike johns comes up with something new uh bm john malkovich like he is a freaking yeah, master amazing. and he's an underrated one too. Like I don't really hear his name yeah. get brought up a lot. I am a big fan of like Martin Scorsese. I'm not going to say I'm like a super fan, like a super fan of Martin Scorsese, yeah. but I do know like every time like a Martin Scorsese film comes out, it's going to be something special or at least it's something that's going to get my attention. Uh, I've been like doing mm-hmm. like a deeper dive into like his filmography because before I just used to, used to watch The Departed like over and over again. But like <laughs> watching like his films like Raging Bull, like uh, uh, Goodfellas, um, uh, Wolf of Wall Street is How do you also feel about like Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York, yeah, Gangs of New York is also another one. Um, Wolf That's of Wall Street, one of my like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, AV, I, I love Aviator. Gangs of New York. Yeah, Gangs of New York. It's is not like cool. it's not. It's not very like beloved, but I I I love that movie. I got. I mean, I mean, you got Daniel, uh, Daniel Day Lewis as Bill the Butcher is so good. <laughs> I'm gonna teach you to speak English with and this. And DiCaprio knife. gives a great. Yeah, I mean, DiCaprio does it. It plays a great great role in that one yeah. too. It's really really good. Plus, I'm I'm a big fan of like those like weird historic like yeah. not really historical fiction. You know, like it's a beautifully bloody. Tale. Um, no, he's a good choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's it's not perfect, but I, I I really like it. I used to like man when I was when I was in high school, like it was like a film bro starter pack with my favorites. <laughs> it was like Scorsese, uh, Chris Nolan, mm. um, Tarantino. Like I, <laughs> I definitely yeah. had, um, but I also early like and one who's still my favorite because I wouldn't call any of those my favorites anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wes Anderson oh, yeah. has always been one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I. I know it's a cliche, but I just I fucking love his work. Ever since Rushmore, I've been in love with everything he's done. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just I got I I I love every single one of his movies. Every single mm-hmm. one. Like I just yeah. I I know yeah. Can I throw? It's a, it's a cliche, but I no. It's a, I I honestly think that's a great 
cliche to be honest <laughs> like because i saw this honest trailer and it was the most accurate description of him wes anderson is such a unique talent that he literally created his own genre it's a wes anderson film yeah it's his, it's its own yes. thing so i don't think it's really cliche at all <laughs> so but he's I would, just i would also like to throw in uh two two other names edgar wright robert zemeckis okay. Edgar Wright and Robert Zemeckis. Oh, my God, it. Because Robert Zemeckis probably has the best, like, range of films. Like, they're all so different. And, like, when you really go through yeah. his filmography, you go, like, wow, he did all of this? And it's it's just so mm-hmm. unique. And then uh, Edgar Wright is just, he hasn't had a bad film yet. Edgar Wright just hasn't had yeah. a bad film, period. And it's so they're kinetic. They're all good. Yeah, amazing. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Taika Waititi, too. I'm, I it's really hope that we ones. actually get... Mm-hmm. The Star Wars uh, movie that he's it, it, was he promised a movie or a trilogy for Star Wars because I, I feel like it was, it was a, a trilogy. I want to say it was a. I, want, I know Ryan okay. Johnson gets a trilogy, but I'm not sure if Taika did. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I love I love Taika so much. Um, what mm-hmm. we do in the shadows is I think <laughs> I mean people people still talk one. about this as Spinal Tap, uh-huh. and this is Spinal Tap will always be iconic. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, what we do in the shadows is the best mockumentary of all time. Oh like, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's just it's brilliant from start to finish. I love it so much. Um, I always think of Taika like biting. Obviously, that girl's Jojo neck. Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Yep. Oh my god, he's oh god. Taika in that role is so good. He's so but amazing. also like um, he's his his movies that he did um, like uh, what's it called? The Wilder Hunt for people. the Wilder People. I, I was just gonna say Hunt for the yeah, Wilder Hunt People. Yeah, Hunt for the Wilder People is amazing. That's my favorite one of his. Boy, I haven't seen his, Boy like, yet. Kind of God, it's it's beautiful. Like he's he's just. He's amazing. I, I yeah, I look forward to his okay. career so much. Boy, um, boy is now shot up to the top of my list because Hunt for the Wilder People was my jam. That movie, it was is so my favorite good. One. Sam Neill was so good. Sam in that Neill, movie. yep, yep. Um, to, he I, got a little dog named I, Tupac. Little, I, <laughs> little dog named Tupac. I love it. I mean, I also I really like Karen Kusama. I know that you, um, apparently I learned this from Twitter, but that you hate um, The Invitation. I love The Invitation. invitation. I love Jennifer's body. I think that she... I think she's a brilliant suspense director, and mm-hmm. I really want to see more from her. Nope, I hated the invitation. Um, I thought it was. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought it was a heaping pile of shit. Mostly because like God, I, I couldn't suspend my disbelief not even for a second. There was no way I could do it. For, the signs are all fucking there. All those characters are <laughs> fucking idiots. Like they literally had they 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 even had the the windows barred and it. Hey man, what are you doing with the with the windows barred? Ah, don't worry about it, man. <laughs> what? What? Wait, isn't this supposed to be like a college gathering? But the, you have this guy who's like twenty years older than you showing up with this weird just. Hello, how's it going? This weird chick jumping all over people that you don't even fucking know, and then they, they literally even said. Oh my God! You're part of the cult, and like the fact that you know that it's a cult, and you had the wine. Okay. It was literally the Kool Aid. It was there, and then you get surprised when dude shows up. But the way you feel about that is exactly the way I felt about Invisible Woman. I just felt like, literally, I was like, this everything that's happening is like, how are people not realizing? what is going on like literally from the very beginning of that movie when she runs over to her sisters she goes to her her sister's picking her up in the middle of the fucking night outside like in the middle of nowhere and she sees a dude running towards her window and she's like 
huh what's I the matter what this is about and her her sister's like drive like no any woman in the fucking world would have had her foot her sister was so far down on the gas pedal like there is not a woman in the world that's alone in a car in the middle of the night and sees someone running towards a car window and she's like let me let's just wait and see how this plays out her sister out. was the like, fucking what? worst her sister i think her sister was purposely written to be the worst character of all time the fact that you truly but believed then, your sister sent you an email calling you worthless saying you're stupid just uncharacteristically too just saying like i don't want to see you anymore and then you just cut your sister off because why what like you know it's just, i mean yeah, she was there's just so much of that movie like the whole scene in the in the psych ward where like the cops are like they're just watching what's, shit. what they're like they're just like going Ooh. around the corner just <laughs> running like everybody's dead in the hallway and they're just like let's should we run should we run towards the dead bodies they were just like, fodder they were just there oh, so frustrating they, they were just there for so, fodder like i get it i still think invisible yeah. man is amazing but I mean, we're gonna have to have That's a whole episode fighting. We, we're gonna have we, to have a yes. whole episode fighting about these two movies because, <laughs> like, the invitation—it was just so obvious from the get-go. And I and I'm just like, wait, there's literally one black character in this whole thing, and it was a black woman. And even she said, "Let's go," but the guy who was saying, "Let's go," said, "No, wait." And I was just thinking to myself, "Oh, the white boy kicked in." Like, just like your, your girl <laughs> literally told you, "Hey, let's go," and he was like, "No, wait, we're we're not leaving yet." I'm like, bro. Y'all, y'all want to die y'all want to die like it's whatever it's whatever plus best directors that was a great question it, that, that was, was an amazing one. question we need to take more of those mm-hmm. like i'm excited for yeah. next week's episode hopefully we can get to like two or three next time yeah but uh <laughs> yeah. i think like we should end this off with like a game and you know what this game is i like to do this on my tiktoks and like like watch the responses it's one of my favorite things to do and so since this is an mcu week let's do a movie soulmate challenge mcu edition Ooh. Yes, and I believe you didn't do my last MCU edition for my movie Soulmate Challenge. I don't remember you doing it. I I don't know that I did. I don't think I did an MCU one, no. Well, that's great because I actually have the questions remembered in my brain. I'm so nervous. No, it's okay. Why am I nervous? So in case you don't know the rules, people who are listening, what we do is like I'm going to name two movie choices. And on the count of three, we will name our picks if we get at least three, that would mean Megan and I are movie soulmates, specifically in the MCU. There's so much pressure. It's a lot of pressure. There's so much pressure I, I'm, I'm maybe going to add like... some music to this. I'm a, I'm a, oh. <laughs> okay, there's music going on now. I don't know what it is, but it's going to be amazing. All right, so movie soulmate <laughs> challenge, MCU edition. Megan, are you ready? All right. Oh, I'm, I think so. I think so. So what is the worst MCU movie? Thor The Dark World or Iron Man 2? One, two, three. Thor The Dark World. Iron Man 2. Oh, no. <laughs> no. And you were late, too. You had a minute to... I even gave you a minute to think about it. Like, a quick second. And you I still know, went with Iron Man I know, Man but two. I'm confident. I'm confident in my answer. Mm, I'm confident. I kind of knew your answer, but I thought you would come to the light on that one. Uh, no, okay. I can't. I'm sorry. Who had the best character arc? Iron Man or Captain America? One, two, three. Iron, Iron Man. Man. Okay. Okay. I'll give you, you I I mean I I'm I got prejudice against Tony, but I he look, he had a better journey than, look, than Cap. Everybody knows full well that I'm not a Tony lover, like at all. I will shit yeah. on him at the earliest opportunity, but he did have the better arc. That doesn't mean Captain America's Definitely. ending is terrible though. <laughs> but I would argue I would argue that if Tony's arc had ended at uh, Iron Man 3. Yes. And then, instead of having Civil War, then he sacrificed himself 
in Endgame that that would have been because I think that his his character arc in Iron Man three is kind of perfect. Shane Black again. Shane Black. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, fuck you to whoever's <laughs> shitting on Iron Man three. Um, I know, right? <laughs> all right, you ready for this next one? I'm I'm ready. I'm scared, but I'm ready. The funniest MCU movie, Guardians of the Galaxy one or Thor Ragnarok. One, two, three. Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Yeah. Okay, we got it. We got it. Don't worry. I think Guardians is better, but I think oh, Thor yeah. Ragnarok is fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm in the same camp yeah. as you. Okay, this one this one was tough even for me to even write out. Who is the better MCU villain? Thanos or Killmonger? One, two, three. Killmonger. Killmonger. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. 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 I think we got three, so I think we're I think we're rolling along. So yes. this next one will just solidify if like you know we're we're uh, yeah. going to the Bahamas or if we're having a shitty like honeymoon in I don't know uh, uh, Lithu- Lithuania. Uh, Reno. <laughs> Reno. Reno. Yeah. Reno. What's a what's a fucked up American place? Reno. Let Let's go. All right. So last one. Uh, what is the better MCU series right now? Uh, currently. WandaVision or Loki? One, two, three. Loki. Loki. Okay. See, yeah. We're good. We are good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. See? Yes. Movie soulmates. Sandy Beaches. Sandy Beaches. Let's go. Hey, remember when our thing was take me, that movie took me to the beach? We got to bring that back. I know, right? If a movie goes to the beach. <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's a good, that was a good one. Thank you. Thank you. I think about it sometimes when I'm alone. Uh, it yeah. feels good. <laughs> <laughs> all right so great that was a great show and uh for you marvel fans out there like we, i hope we filled you up with a lot of like marvel content and commentary yes it's been great yes it's been fun um and by the way if you, it, hopefully i want to get this on youtube as soon as possible but you guys literally have to see like megan's like eyeliner she's killing it as usual she's <laughs> definitely doing it for the lopes doing it for the most today was a loki day i had to i had to give it up for freaking richard e grant as classic loki he deserved a makeup homage today for episode five a lot of people are gonna call for this and we're never gonna get it but i want a loki spinoff with richard e grant i want i want to i want like a i want to spin off with that version it would be amazing that would be pretty dope yes but yeah so anyway guys thank you for watching geeks of the week remember we are launching a patreon pretty soon this is like our (laughs) baby fourth episode running saying we're doing that but megan and i have (laughs) talked before this episode it's happening yes it's it's, it's definitely happening. we have actual plans solidified plans exactly and if you want to know more about them you should uh follow us on instagram and or follow our geeks of the week account on twitter that's the one where you'll get all of the updates first and foremost because that's our that's our main presence um yeah and 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 yeah we're good we're great <laughs> we are great I'm, I'm rambling at this point i hope you all, you're all having a great thursday friday whatever day of the week you end up listening to this um yeah happy trails all right guys geeks of the week. see ya <laughs> <laughs>